Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. My guest this afternoon is Champaign Fire Captain and Champaign Township Supervisor, Andy Kornstrom. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. Township government is so confusing. The primary responsibility of township government is to distribute general assistance to people who have little or no income and are mentally or physically incapable of working. If I'm reading this right, you have a really small staff. Can you walk me through who works for you and exactly what you all do? Sure. So um, first of all, that is uh, our primary statutory responsibility is to provide assistance to the most impoverished in the community. Um, We do much more than that, but that is the one thing that the state mandates us to do. In our office, we do that with three personnel, including myself. So I'm the elected official, we have an office administrator, and then we have a caseworker. Uh, The caseworker and myself uh, tag team a lot on a lot of individual case management. Um, And so we work closely together. The office administrator then ensures that everything runs smoothly. How exactly does the city council provide oversight to your office? So uh, in the state of Illinois, with our thousands of levels of government, we have a unique situation in Champaign, Urbana has a similar one, that we are coterminous. So we share the same boundaries as the city of Champaign. To that point, then, we share the same elected officials. So um, the mayor is my township board chair. The city council members then are my town trustees. They assist in making the decisions uh, and set policies for the township. You mentioned you have one caseworker? We do. And you have an office administrator, an assessor, and two deputy assessors. Is that still correct? Yeah. So my office uh, consists of the three of us, the elected official, the caseworker, the office administrator. The assessor's office currently has the elected official, Paul Faraci, uh, who's in his first term. And then he has uh, two deputy assessors who... Um, deal with upwards of 25,000 individual parcels in the city of Champaign. So we are very efficient in what we do, uh, not only in um, our procedures, but our, you know the cost effectiveness. But we work very hard because we are fairly uh, short man and woman. Can you pass along to Paul Faraci that this is very painless so that he will join me? He was a little hesitant because he was new in the position when I asked I him. I absolutely will. I'll ensure that he comes. Thank you. The city of Champaign Township and See You at Home, in cooperation with the city of Champaign, I've recently started a new program called See You at Work. I love the sound of this program. Tell me more details. So uh, about a year ago, somebody sent me a TED Talk um, when the mayor of Albuquerque uh, was describing a program that he put forth called There's a Better Way. They partnered with a nonprofit in Albuquerque, and they put homeless individuals and panhandlers to work. They paid them cash. They went out, and in Albuquerque, what they did primarily was pick up scrub brush because there's a lot of scrub brush in Albuquerque. When I saw that, I thought, well, there's no reason why we couldn't do something similar here. And so um, a key point to this is that you need partnership. And so I reached out to Rob Dalhouse at CU at Home. Uh, We discussed the potential of a partnership, uh, finally got through a lot of the red tape, and were able to put a program in play where we take homeless individuals and panhandlers in the city of Champaign, friends without addresses, we call them, and we put them to work. We do beautification projects throughout the city. We do litter abatement, we do leaf pickup, we do snow shoveling, um, the safe uh, walks to school where we ensure that kids have safe passage with no snow on the sidewalks, little things like that to make our community better. We put individuals who are currently struggling with homeless issues um, to work. We pay them $10 cash. Uh, We provide them with a meal when they're done. We provide them if they so choose case management. And most importantly, I think we provide them with some dignity, the opportunity to work, to do something good. And we're providing, I think, the opportunity to to change the perspective on homelessness and those issues in our community. Because people are now seeing, uh, we were very, we were bright lime green shirts. They're seeing 
our friends without addresses out there doing work that quite frankly nobody else is going to do um, and they're doing it uh, with strong initiative they're out there they're working hard and people are starting to recognize that homelessness isn't what they probably expected and I've talked to people firsthand I've talked to business owners who have recognized that uh, what they originally thought of homelessness has now changed because they see these individuals that they normally saw panhandling now picking up garbage. Uh, so it's been powerful. Uh, we started with one day a week in August. We've now gone to two days a week, effective last week. At, we, we wanted to wait till after one winter's night because we were all very busy with that. So we're at two days a week. And um, my intent is to continue to move forward. And although it's considered a pilot program now, I have no reason to believe that this is not going to continue indefinitely. Uh, the Probably the only question is, is how much work we do, how many days we go out, how many individuals we employ. So it's been really powerful. If uh, I've had the opportunity to go out quite a few times and the opportunity to speak to a lot of these individuals has been, it's been powerful. And I equate it to, uh, as a firefighter, you go to the firehouse, you joke around, you have fun, you know, you, uh, you have a bond, a brotherhood. And many of the times when I've gone out with our friends without an address, it's the same thing. They're individuals just like you and I. They've, you know, for some reason, something happened, mental health issues, uh, drug, alcohol abuse, whatever it is, a medical issue that they didn't have healthcare coverage for put them in this position, but they're no different than you and I. And even myself, who works with these individuals a lot throughout the day, sometimes, you know, you take it for granted. You don't realize really what is uh, what is around you. So it's been awesome. Um, and they've loved it. It's been very cool. Well, it's part of a collaboration because it looks like you had equipment donated from the City of Champaign Neighborhood Services Department. You fund it with the township. Are you allowed to take private dollars from members of the community? If somebody like I wanted to support it, could we? Absolutely. So I I would recommend that uh, you make a donation. Um, Anybody in listener land, make a donation to see you at home and just make a note to... uh, on the donation for CU at work. And yeah, absolutely. So your your uh, donation is then tax deductible. We are looking at, and we actually have some, um, some pending buy-in from other agencies to help support financially the program, but individual donations are important, absolutely. After graduating high school, you decided you want a career in public safety. You went to emergency medical technician school, worked for an ambulance company, and then you attended paramedic school. Would you say all of that emergency training is what led you down the career towards the fire department? Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. I was one of those kids probably that just didn't have uh, direction necessarily. And I found something that I enjoyed uh, and found something that I was good at. Uh, I struggled with grades in high school. You know, my EMS classes, I excelled. And so whenever you're good at something, it's fun to do. And and it just kind of led me down that path. I met somebody who came down to Champaign to test. I'm from the suburbs. And the rest is history. I got hired here at 21. And um, 22 years later, I can't believe how thankful I am for the opportunities, but also have absolutely no regrets. This is a, an unbelievable town. It's given myself and my family so much. Um, and it's a great place to live and to to serve um, in both my roles and in my volunteer roles. It's just a good good place to be. When there's an emergency or a fire, the paramedics show up, fire department shows up. How do you decide who goes to what calls? So we have a really um, advanced dispatching system here in Champaign-Urbana. Somebody calls 911, depending upon their location, the dispatcher types into the computer, the closest uh, vehicle, whatever, depending on the need, is sent. And in terms of the fire department, we're there in less than four minutes. So Um, We have a state-of-the-art fire department here in the city of Champaign, uh, ISO 1, which is the highest class you can get. Uh, It makes your insurance premiums low because of that, 
but uh, we are, we're extremely efficient there. And, you know, it's an honor to work for and with uh, that fire department, quite frankly. I know that no shift is the same, but can you tell us about the hours involved in a typical firefighter shift? Of course, there's downtime, there are workouts, there's eating, there's sleeping, but what would you say? Can you walk us through the day in the life of a fireman? Yeah, so we work 24-hour shifts, which is really unique. Um, it sounds cool, and it is cool. You miss a lot. You know, I worked Christmas last year. Uh, you work kids' birthdays. You work Valentine's Day. You work a lot of the things that people take for granted. You're then also provided opportunity to be at things that other people can't. I was able to go on a lot of kids' field trips without taking time off work when my kids were younger. Um, so 24-hour shift, we get there at 7. Um, we usually get there quite a bit earlier, get our gear ready. Uh, we're ready to go at 7, and we kind of have a morning briefing where we set the tone for the day. We talk about what our plans are. Are we going to do training? Are we going to do pre-plans? Are we going to walk through buildings? What does our day look like? Are there any specific hazards, weather, um, vehicle issues, all the things that could you know, affect our day either positively or negatively? Uh, and then we start, uh, we, we all have different roles. So the firefighters generally do certain levels of cleaning. Officers have to do various paperwork. Engineers ensure that the truck is ready and clean. Um, and then we usually kind of take the next step into the day. And that's what our training is. Um, we have to get groceries. So you'll see us out at the grocery store a lot. One of us always cooks. Uh, there's a joke at my firehouse that I'm not one of them, but I argue that I cook at least a third of the time. Um, and so we, you know, we, we try to get lunch at a relatively normal time, but everything is dictated by calls. Cold weather has changed our plans a lot in the last couple of weeks. Cold weather um, makes us much busier than we normally are, but um, so we eat lunch and then the afternoon usually involves some sort of physical fitness. Training takes place multiple times a day, depending on where you're located in the city. So some companies then go train in the afternoon. Uh, and then you eat dinner together as a group and the evening time is kind of your time. You know, you can work out then again, you can do what you know you want to do. And then after nine o'clock, you have the opportunity to try to get to bed and go to sleep. Uh, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Next shift comes in 6.30 in the morning and you do it all over again three days later. So uh, it's unique. It's fun. You know, depending on what station you're at, kind of depends on how much rest you may get at night. Uh, we, uh, when I first got hired, I think we ran 4,000 calls. We're now up to 9,000 calls. Um, you know, the population has grown extensively and we've uh, purchased or we've built two stations since, uh, since I got hired 22 years ago. So we're growing, we continue to grow. And with that growth is call volume. I gave you no prep for this next question and no time. So it's on the fly. Go ahead. What's the most rewarding part of both of your jobs? And let's start with township and then we'll move on to firefighting. So there's absolutely no doubt um, that the clientele I help, although many public officials help those in need, I'm able to see firsthand, look in their eyes, talk to them, know their name, see them on the streets, and see the direct uh, results of our help. And there's nothing more powerful than ensuring that somebody who is on the verge of homelessness or is homeless has some place to sleep that night or providing them with just the bare necessities to ensure that they can buy their medication, buy their food, buy their shampoo. Seeing directly the people that you help is more powerful than just signing your name to something that you know is going to a good thing. 
um, but not seeing those faces. So that is why I've always said I've loved this job because I can see directly the people that we help. And it's a privilege to be able to be that person to do it. My job is, it's truly an honor to be able to allow myself to do those things. You know, it's very cool. And so there's nothing else that I can think of that gives you those kind of privileges. What about as a firefighter? What's the most rewarding part of that? Um, you know, it depends on the day. I think you know, firefighting is, is one of the most trusted professions. Um, and so I'm honored to be in that profession, knowing that you are called when generally nobody knows what to do. So we're the kind of, in both my jobs, in many cases, we're the call of last resort. So it's an honor to be able to go out and solve people's problems. And that's what we do. And we, uh, you know, we fight fire, but uh, we do a lot of other stuff. You name it, we do it. Um, and it's rewarding to go out. You're faced with a problem that nobody else can solve. You solve that problem and you go home and, you know, you, you consider job well done. So um, that's pretty rewarding. I don't even know where to begin with your volunteer endeavors, by the way. You are active in coaching and activities at St. Matt's Catholic Church, as is your wife, Erin. You've been sleeping outside for one winter's night for See You at Home since the beginning. And you've been active with the United Way. But let's start with See You at Home. Why is homelessness so near and dear to your heart? Well, I think with my role as township supervisor, as well as my role as a firefighter, I see it every day. And I think it's easy to um, look away from maybe some of the real problems that are in our community. We're a really philanthropic community. We're a comparatively wealthy community, but there are issues. There's issues on our streets. There's a lot of homeless individuals who, um, you know, you might not see sleeping on a street side or on a sidewalk, but they're couch surfing or they're, uh, they don't have a permanent home. And that's, I think, the thing that nobody should be homeless, really. I mean, it, it just seems to me like um, of all the problems that we have in our world, homelessness should be, unfortunately, it's not that easy, but should be relatively simple to solve. And so if I can do my little part to try to solve these issues, whether it's at CU at work or whether it's sleeping out on the street for one winter's night, then I think that, that you know, I have a duty to do that. And I think it's important that people know that these are issues out there, that there are people trying to work on those issues. And so I kind of consider it my role to bring them to the forefront. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to do um, something volunteer-wise that I believe in. I really believe in the work that CU at Home does. Uh, I think Rob Dalhouse is an unbelievable executive director. Their mission, the work they do is second to none. So anything I can do to help him, I want to do that. Is township government something that the taxpayers can fund, that we can write a direct check or a donate tab on your website, or how does that get funded? We don't, no. So it's it's strictly tax revenue. Um, and there was actually uh, something recently in the News Gazette. They're prepared to get rid of a lot of the levels in government that we have, and they've used township government as an example throughout the state as one that they believe should be eradicated and that it should roll into city government. And um, of course, their, their message is that it's a cost savings issue. And my argument is very simple to them. And I use just one simple fact that we have at our township. So it was from July 1st through January 1, our first half of our fiscal year, we prevented or put in 87 families. We prevented either homelessness or evictions. For 87 families in that six-month period, that's just one of the things we do. And then on the other side of that, I pay more or less $6,500 a year in taxes in the city of Champaign, where I live. $27 of my taxes goes towards the township. So in my mind, 
it's a pretty good investment, a pretty good return on our money to ensure that um, those most vulnerable in our community are kept healthy and warm and safe for $27 a year per family. Of course, that's averaging it out, but really that's a pretty good return on investment. There's nobody, and I stand by this, uh, as long as I'm the supervisor and indefinitely past that, there's nobody that can do it as efficiently as our township does. And and we're proud of that. Most specifically, I think it's important to um, just to note that like our townships, not only here, but Urbana, Cunningham Township, does a lot with a little. And so we're, we're, um, we're entirely tax-based revenue. So we get no other funding outside of property tax. We get a little personal property tax replacement, but we have a fairly small income stream, especially compared to other local levels of government. You have such a passion and a nuance for this type of work, obviously in both your day job and your other day job. Will you run again? I have every intention to run again. Absolutely. Yeah. We, We've come a long way in six years, and I have a lot of plans to go even further in the next six years. And, you know, I talked about eradicating homelessness, and we're not there yet. And maybe we'll never be there, but it doesn't mean we don't quit that fight. The issue of term limits comes up a lot in state government. I am not for term limits, and I say that for one primary reason. It takes an elected official quite a while to understand their role and understand their job and understand the nuances associated with their job. And my first four years was kind of learning the ropes. And we put some things into play. We moved buildings. We definitely streamlined our expenses. We were able to put a lot more money into programming rather than overhead. But now this next four years has really been where the rubber meets the roads. We put, you know, see you at work in play where we do rental assistance with the Salvation Army, the Emergency Family Shelter. We work very closely. We've built relationships that um, are now really starting to come to fruition. I look forward to taking advantage of those relationships and expanding on those moving forward. So, yeah, I absolutely intend to run in two years. And my opinion is that the uh, the sky's the limit for township government and what we do for those in, in our community in need. So. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the relationships that um, that I've been able to build, and I really expect those to uh, to pay off immensely for you know not only for our organization, for their organization, and for for those in need. One more question before I let you go. Yeah. You and your wife, Erin, and I love Erin. So do I. You have two children, Patrick and Rory, and basically I need advice on how to survive a preteen and then a teenage boy. I mean, survival skills, Andy. I need help. We are very blessed with our kids. Uh, Patrick's a freshman this year. He just started driving. They're both very involved in sports. Both both Erin and I are passionate about that. And every day I wake up, and I think Erin would say the same thing, that um, we've been given two blessings. Uh, with that, unfortunately, they challenge me, and I think Erin would agree that they challenge her uh, more than any professional or any relationship in our lives. You know, they've, they've been very good kids, so we really have nothing to complain about. But unfortunately, Patrick now looks down on me, um, so he's taller. It's harder for me to... Oh, not metaphorically? You mean physically? No, physically, yes. Yes, and occasionally metaphorically. But, uh, you know, I still argue that I can take him in a wrestling match. I just have to fight dirtier. Um, but <laughs> we, uh, we're very fortunate to have two good kids who, you know, we've tried to teach them the importance of philanthropy. And, um, you know, I've missed a few things when I've slept outside, for instance. Rory seems to have a basketball tournament every year that um, we do one winner's night. And so I miss those. But 
it's important for our kids to recognize and understand that we've been given so many blessings in our life that uh, to be able to give back is key. So, you know, in both all of our jobs, my wife uh, works with special needs kids in, in Unit 4 schools. There's sacrifice, and it's important that our kids understand that sacrifice. We have one shot to do this, to raise these kids. And Patrick was our first, Rory's our second. They're both so very different that it didn't really matter that we had one in front of the other. But we just keep waking up every day thinking, well, are we doing it right? And and so far, I think we have. We'll see. But they're a blessing to us and um, a challenge. But fun nevertheless. I think it's important to note too that your son and my daughter went to preschool together. They did. They did. And there's a there's a small group of kids in this community that Rory still goes to school with a, a boy that was in their preschool class and they're friends with uh, other kids. So it's kind of neat to see them grow up. It is. And when they see each other, you know, still at this age, pretend that they never had anything to do with each other because yeah. we're navigating the boy girl thing. Roy's birthday is tomorrow. So I'd like to wish her a happy 15th, uh, excuse me, not 15th, 13th birthday. Wow. Yeah. You just gave me a heart attack. I know. I gave myself a heart attack too. Now she'll be 13 tomorrow. Please say hi to Aaron. I will. Thank you for listening to Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Thank you, Champaign Township Supervisor Andy Kornstrom for your time today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.